1 Samuel chapter 9. There was a prominent man of Benjamin named Kish, son of Abiel, son of Zoror, son of Bacharoth, son of Aphiah, son of a Benjamite. He had a son named Saul, an impressive young man. There was no one more impressive among the Israelites than he. He stood a head taller than anyone else. One day, the donkeys of Saul's father, Kish, wandered off. Kish said to his son Saul, Take one of the servants with you and go look for the donkeys. Saul and the servant went through the hill country of Ephraim and then through the region of Shalishai. But they didn't find them. They went through the region of Shalem. Nothing. Then they went through the Benjamite region, but still didn't find them. When they came to the land of Zuf, Saul said to the servant who was with him, Come on, let's go back, or my father will stop worrying about the donkeys and start worrying about us. Look, the servant said, there's a man of God in this city who is highly respected. Everything he says is sure to come true. Let's go there now. Maybe he'll tell us which way we should go. Suppose we do go, Saul said to his servant. What do we take the man? The food from our packs is gone, and there's no gift to take the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered Saul, Here, I have a little silver. I'll give it to the man of God, and he will tell us which way we should go. Formerly in Israel, a man who was going to inquire of God would say, Come, let's go to the seer. For the prophet of today was formerly called the seer. Good, Saul replied to his servant, Come on, let's go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. As they were climbing to the hill of the city, they found some young women coming out to draw water and asked, Is the seer here. The woman answered. The women answered. Yes, he is ahead of you. Hurry, he just now entered the city because there's a sacrifice for the people at the high place today. As soon as you enter the city, you will find him before he goes to the high place to eat. The people won't eat until he comes, because he must bless the sacrifice. After that, the guests can eat. Go up immediately. You can find him now. So they went up toward the city. Saul and his servant were entering the city when they saw Samuel coming toward them on his way to the high place. Now the day before Saul's arrival, the Lord had informed Samuel 
At this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people. He will save them from the Philistines because I have sent the affliction of my people for their cry has come to me. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord told him, here is the man I told you about. He will govern my people. Saul approached Samuel in the city gate and asked, would you please tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer, Samuel answered. Go up ahead of me to the high place and eat with me today. When I send you off in the morning, I'll tell you everything that's in your heart. As for the donkeys that wandered away from you three days ago, don't worry about them because they've been found. And who does all Israel desire but you and all your father's family? Saul responded, Am I not a Benjamite? Am I not a Benjaminite from the smallest of Israel's tribes? And isn't my clan the least important of all the clans of the Benjaminite tribe? So why have you said something like this to me? Samuel took Saul and his servant, brought them to the banquet hall, and gave them a place at the head of the thirty, or so men who had been invited. Then Samuel said to the cook, Get the portion of meat that I gave you and told you to set aside. The cook picked up the hive. The cook picked up the thigh and what was attached to it and set it before Saul. Then Samuel said, Notice that the reserve piece is set before you. Eat it because it was saved for you. For this solemn event, at the time I said, I've invited the people. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. Afterward, they went down from the high place to the city. And Samuel spoke with Saul on the roof. They got up early. And just before dawn, Samuel called to Saul on the roof. Get up and I'll send you on your way. Saul got up. And both he and Samuel went outside. As they were going down to the edge of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go on ahead of us, but you stay for a while, and I'll reveal the word of God to you. So the servant went on. Samuel said to Saul, 
tell the servant to go on ahead of us, but you stay for a while, and I'll reveal the word of God to you. Romans chapter 7. Since I am speaking to those who understand law, brothers, are you unaware that the law has authority over someone as long as he lives? For example, a married woman is legally bound to her husband while he lives, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law regarding the husband. So then, if she gives herself to another man while her husband is living, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. Then, if she gives herself to another man, she is not an adulteress. Therefore, my brothers, you also were put to death in relation to the law through the crucified body of the Messiah so that you may belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we may bear fruit for God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions operated through the law in every part of us and bore fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law since we have died to what held us so that we may serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old letter of the law. What should we say then? Is the law sin? Absolutely not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin if it were not for the law. For example, I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, do not covet and sin. Seizing an opportunity through the commandment produced in me coveting of every kind. For apart from the law, sin is dead. Once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. The commandment was meant for life, resulting in death for me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. So then, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and just and good. The problem of sin in us, therefore, What is good? 
therefore did what is good cause my death? Absolutely not. Therefore, did what is good cause my death? Absolutely not. Therefore, did what is good cause my death? Absolutely not. On the contrary, sin, in order to be recognized as sin, was producing death in me through what is good, so that through the commandment, sin might become sinful beyond measure. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am made out of flesh, sold into sin's power. For I do not understand what I am doing, because I do not practice what I do, but I do what I hate. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So now I am no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there is no ability to do it. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Now if I do what I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it. But it is the sin that lives in me. So I discover this principle. When I want to do what is good, evil is with me. For in my inner self, I joyfully agree with God's law. But I see a different law in the parts of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the law of sin in the parts of my body. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this dying body? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with my mind, I myself am a slave to the law of God. But with my flesh, to the law of sin. Jeremiah chapter 46. The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet about the nations. About Egypt and the army of Pharaoh, Necho, Egypt's king, which was defeated at Karshemish on the Euphrates River by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon in the fourth year of Judah's king Jehoiakim, son of Josiah. Deploy small shields, enlarge, draw near for battle, harness the horses, mount the steeds, take your positions with helmets on, polish the lances, put on armor. Why have I seen this? They are terrified. They are retreating. Their warriors are crushed. They flee headlong. 
they never look back. Terror is on every side. This is the Lord's declaration. The swift cannot flee, and the warrior cannot escape. In the north, by the bank of the Euphrates River, they stumble and fall. Who is this, rising like the Nile, like rivers whose waters churn? Egypt rises like the Nile, and its waters churn like rivers. He boasts, I will go up. I will cover the earth. I will destroy cities with their residents. Rise up, you cavalry. Face furiously, you chariots. Let the warriors go out, cush and put. Who are able to handle shields? And the ludum, who are able to handle the string and bow? That day belongs to the Lord, the God of hosts, a day of vengeance. That day belongs, that day belongs to the Lord, the God of hosts, a day of vengeance to avenge himself against his adversaries. The sword will devour and be satisfied. It will drink its fill of their blood because it will be a sacrifice to the Lord, the God of hosts, in the northern land by the Euphrates River. Go up to Gilead and get balm. Virgin daughter Egypt, you have multiplied remedies in vain. There is no healing for you. The nations have heard of your dishonor and your outcry fills the earth because warrior stumbles against warrior and together both of them have fallen this is the word the Lord this is the word the Lord spoke to Jeremiah the prophet about the coming of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon to defeat the land of Egypt, announce it in Egypt, and proclaim it in Migdal, proclaim it in Memphis, and in Taphanese, say, take positions, prepare yourself, for the sword devours all around, around you, Take positions, prepare yourself for the sword devours all around you. Why have your strong ones been swept away? Each has not stood, for the Lord has thrust him down. He continues to stumble. Indeed, each falls over the other. They say, get up. Let's return to our people and to the land of our birth, away from the sword that oppresses. There they will cry out 
Pharaoh, king of Egypt, was all noise. So let the opportune moment pass. As I live, this is the Lord's declaration. This is the king's declaration. As I live, this is the king's declaration. Yahweh of hosts is his name. He will come like Tabor among the mountains and like Carmel by the sea. Get your bags ready for exile inhabitant of daughter Egypt. For Memphis will become a desolation, uninhabited ruins. Egypt is a beautiful young cow, but a horsefly from the north is coming against her. Even her mercenaries among her are like stall-fed calves. They too will turn back. Together they will flee. They will not take their stand, for the day of their calamity is coming on them, the time of their punishment. Egypt will hiss like a slithering snake, for the enemy will come with an army, with axes, they will come against her, like those who cut trees, they will cut down her forest, this is the Lord's declaration, though it is dense, for they are more numerous than locusts, they cannot be counted daughter of Egypt will be put to shame handed over to a northern people the Lord of hosts the God of Israel says I I am I am about to punish Ammon God of Thebes along with Pharaoh, Egypt, her gods, and her kings, Pharaoh, and those trusting in him. I will hand them over to those who want to take their lives, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and his officers. But after this, it will be inhabited again as in ancient times. This is the Lord's declaration. But you, my servant Jacob, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged, Israel, for without fail I will save you from far away and your descendants from the land of their captivity. Jacob will return and have calm and quiet with no one to frighten him and you my servant Jacob do not be afraid this is the Lord's declaration for I will be with you I will bring destruction on all the nations where I have banished you but I will not bring destruction on you 
I will discipline you with justice, and I will by no means leave you unpunished. I will discipline you with justice, and I will by no means leave you unpunished. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, yet I have no rest. But you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you rescued them. They cried to you and you were set free. They trusted in you and were not disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by men and despised by people. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads. He relies on the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let the Lord deliver him, since he takes pleasure in him. You took me from the womb, making me secure while at my brother's breast. While you took me from the womb, making me secure while at my mother's breast. I was given over to you at birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Do not be far from me because distress is near and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me. Strong ones of Bashan encircle me they open their mouths against me, lions mauling and roaring. I am poured out like water. All my bones are disjointed. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You put me into the dust of death for dogs have surrounded me a gang of evildoers has closed in on me they pierced my hands and my feet i can count all my bones people look and stare at me they divided my garments among themselves and they cast lots for my clothing. But you, Lord, don't be far away. My strength, come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword, my only life from the power of these dogs. 
Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will proclaim your name to my brothers. I will praise you in the congregation. You who fear Yahweh, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. All you descendants of Israel, revere him. For he has not despised or detested the torment of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from him, but listened when he cried to him for help. I will give praise in the congregation because of you. I will fulfill my vows before those who fear you. The humble will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever at the ends of the earth. All, all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules over the nations. All who prosper on earth will eat and bow down. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Even the one who cannot preserve his life, their descendants will serve him. The next generation will be told about the Lord. They will come and tell a people yet to be born about his righteousness, what he has done. 